I spent most of my life thinking these crazy thoughts that people didn't want to know me or be a part of my life because I was this or that. I was a felon. I was a drug addict. I lost my daughter. And it's not true. We tell ourselves messages that are not accurate. And once I stepped outside of that uh, kind of comfort zone to realize something different and actually have conversations with people and realize they didn't care. They didn't care about my criminal history. They didn't care about those things. What they did care about was who I was as a person. Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. You are in for a treat today. Our guest, Kara Burns, has a sort of inner energy that she just can't contain as she touches on so many raw and personal topics today. And I know you love raw and personal. If you have been a Run This World listener for a long time now, you will remember episode 24 called... Kara Burns from prison to 26.2. See, that day, uh, Kara and I tackled her story from the bottom up as a former meth addict and later a felon who went to prison. I remember trying to figure out how to ask some of the difficult questions, and then I realized there's really no tactful way. So I literally said in this interview, So, how does one start doing meth? <laughs> it's like. <laughs> But really, truly, that's, that's where the magic comes because Kara is no holds barred. Um, and she's just so gracious with the giving of herself to help other people. At the time, she was a few years out of federal prison and her calling was just becoming evident. Like she didn't even quite know what it was and it's still, it's still changing, but she's closer uh, today we had an entirely different kind of conversation. It wasn't all about meth and prison. <laughs> Today's podcast is all about being unwilling to fail. It's all about taking a past full of shame and guilt and turning it into the most beautiful, authentic message of hope and love. Today, Kara is all about going forward and she's taking so many others with her. Her story gives people hope that they can change their lives. They can start over. They can make good decisions. They can be happy. Kara inspires me, and I know she will inspire you too. Uh, please note, there are a few random swear words and definitely some sexual innuendos mentioned in this episode in case little ears are nearby when you're listening. Before we start, I want to segue for a moment over to my most amazing sponsor, Skirt Sports, and a special offer they have for you. So a few weeks ago, we launched a killer collection of sports bras from A cup to E cup. Yes, we are doing it. Um, it's funny, after Kara and I recorded, I asked her to strip down to her carry bra, which is our CD bra, and do some video for me. And she's a big, big fan of our bras. She killed it on the video. She actually reminded me how important it was that she was given her first real sports bra when she did the Running Start program three years ago. So today, I'm giving all of you $10 off any of our new three bras. The Charlotte AB bra, the Carrie CD bra, or the Samantha Double D E bra. But this only goes through Halloween, October 31st. You need to use the code BRA LOVE because we all love our bras. Um, bra LOVE on skirtsports.com. 
Uh, since it's tough to figure out your sizing, we're also offering free shipping and returns through Halloween. So if you have to order a couple sizes, it's no big deal. Just pop one back in the mail. And if you're a guy and you don't need all this crazy boob support, then uh, please give this coupon to a lady in your life and she will love you even more. It's Bra Love and it's on our brand new three most amazing bras named after the original Sex in the City ladies. Um, and by the way, we didn't include a Miranda because at the time she was running for office and she was just too busy to play around with us. We'll have to keep her in mind for the future. Okay, then back to Kara Burns. This is her third appearance on the podcast, and it is nothing short of spectacular. We're on. Fantastic. We're ready to rumble. Does Tim still edit this? Uh-huh. Okay, good. <laughs> Hi, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> good. We'll make a lot of mistakes so we can uh, put you to work. Um, Kara, you're a three-time podcast guest. <laughs> I am, indeed. <laughs> so awesome. So much has happened since the first two. So here's the thing. For those of you who are just uh, meeting Kara for the first time, the Kara Burns, who will someday be one of the most famous people you know because... <laughs> She's just on a freaking trajectory none of us can match. But her very first episode she did with me, Kara, it, it had to be about a year and a half ago, maybe longer. I think it was about uh, somewhere between there and two years. Okay. And, um, and it was called From Prison to 26.2. And it kind of chronicled your journey out of federal prison, drug abuse, and into the land of the, the, the straight living people. <laughs> I don't know if time matters, if anybody's paying attention, because, again, you might want to chop this up. It was three years ago that I ran that marathon. What? It was three years ago. We taped three years ago. Oh, really? It's been three years. Oh, cool. All right, good. Well, I stand corrected. (laughs) Three years. And so much happens in three years. Can you believe it? Well, we walked away from that first episode, and I knew we had left something on the table, which was that you had mentioned in the episode that you had a daughter, and that you had lost her or had to let her go and I was too afraid to ask you what that meant and so I called you the next day and I said can we tape again (laughs) I think our listeners are going to ask the same question I did which was what happened to that relationship so after we recorded three years ago (laughs) or longer whenever it was um you were getting ready to have I think your first visitation with your daughter Ansley Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I've kind of nutshelled a little bit of your, uh, the you know the past episodes to get to the point where we can take your journey forward. But what I would like to start with is what happened after you visited with your daughter for the first time. Sure. Sure. So I I've had been dreaming about that moment uh, for years and years. Uh, I was locked up for uh, two and a half years in federal prison and you know, had dreamed about those moments and when I would see her and what we would talk about and what that connection would look like. And uh, it took much longer than I had originally anticipated. And that is what created, um, you know, some of the anxiety. And I also realized that I needed to be extremely patient. Um, I had made huge mistakes, Nicole, and I needed to be patient and wait for uh, people to uh, accept the choices that I had made and give them space to be able to forgive me. Oh, and, and what we talked about last time was that you had to start by forgiving yourself first. Absolutely, which has taken years. Are you still working on it? Oh, absolutely, sure, sure. I don't know that some of that will ever get away. It does get better, it gets better. But I, it's something I very much still continue to work on. So for people who aren't going to go back, although you need to go back and listen to some of our highest ever listened episodes with Kara, um, but the people who don't, maybe we should give a little nutshell. Yeah, of, some background. Yeah, why are you forgiving yourself? For what? Sure, sure. So, Nicole, I was uh, indicted by the federal government in 2011 for conspiracy to distribute methamphetamine. And I had spent many, many years in and out of drug use and um, alcohol addiction. And finally, that was the, the moment where 
life changed for me. Things got very real for me. And when you're looking at the, you know that kind of time, it was a unique opportunity for me to make some different choices. And I did just that. A lot of it was um, God-inspired or Spirit-inspired. And I have been um, listening to that voice ever since and continuing to honor you know, what that looks like or what I believe um, that voice is telling me. And the story, as you all know, just keeps getting better and better. Oh. I was released in 2013. I was introduced to uh, the Running Start program in uh, the beginning of 2015. And <laughs> when I think back to when I think back to that time and walking into the old skirt sports warehouse and connecting with the women, in many ways, it feels like it was so long ago. Nicole, I didn't even own a pair of running pants or anything that I could run in. Nothing. I know. You, <laughs> I'll never forget your story about that first meeting where you just looked around and you were like, I do not belong here. But then what happened? Oh, I realized very quickly as we went around the room that all women, all women, we have unique stories and they're all different, but it bonds us all and it doesn't matter that it, mine happened to involve prison and it didn't matter that the woman next to me, that hers involved you know, a disabled child or the woman next to me, you know, her husband was cheating on her. It didn't matter. We were all going through whatever that story was or whatever that struggle was and it bonded us. We all needed something, whatever that something was, which was running, you know, we needed something to propel us forward out of where we were. Oh yeah, gosh. And we all still do. And sometimes it's a little more dire or the situation, it seems more challenging to get through. But we're all just continuing to try to move forward, right? Absolutely. Wow, okay, so you came to the Running Start program um, and your barrier was unique to us. We actually had never had anyone in the program before who'd been in prison. No. <laughs> so that, that was new. Um, <laughs> but you were like such a freaking model student. First of all, you were actually a talented runner. So what, what was really crazy is we're training everyone for a 5K. And here's the part I love is that we look and like Kara signed up for the half marathon and we're going, I think that's a mistake, you know, <laughs> like trying to figure out what's going on here. And nope, sure enough, you were like, you were ready to go from, you know, couch to 13 or. Yeah. And you did it. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that I can somehow talk her into letting me run the. <laughs> like we make you back down. Come on. <laughs> um, so it was absolutely phenomenal to watch that transformation. And, you know, to know that you, there were many things that played uh, pivotal parts in your ability to move forward positively, but to know that, like, this program and that health becoming a priority for you was one of them, just warms my heart. Life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing opportunity. Oh. You know, when I reached out uh, to a group that I, th and it was uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable to reach out to groups that you don't know or that you don't think that you fit into because I definitely didn't fit in you know I had on jeans I did have on running shoes but I didn't have the gear I didn't have the lingo I had you know barely been released from prison and my self-confidence was you know very small so to reach out of your comfort zone is really important because what I've learned is is a lot of that stuff's just head trash and it's not accurate and if you get in a space with women get a little bit vulnerable which it stinks but if you get a little bit vulnerable something magical happens and we all realize we're we're the same it's the same thing you know and we can utilize that to help support one another which is super powerful and it's that support took me from you know running 5.22 miles to running my first half marathon with Monica Knox to running my first marathon just a few months later uh, in October of that year and three years ago three years ago <laughs> three years ago and I can't tell you the magic that happened from me uh, training for and completing that race going from someone who had very little um, 
discipline, very little understanding of what it means to commit to something and follow through with it. My entire life had been built on you know, mediocre decisions, living halfway, um, getting by on barely what I could get by on, to no, you can't fake this. You, you're going to have to get your ass up and, and actually run in the morning, get in four miles before work. You're like, I had to actually commit to something and do it, which was super hard, especially at that time, three years ago. Uh, I had only been out of prison, um, again, just a short amount of time. And I, I committed to it and I did it. And something magical happened, Nicole, uh, when, I fin when I completed the race. Um, it it shifted something inside of me confidence-wise. You know, the tears that were streaming down my face at mile 22, fighting my way through it. And I fight through it on my long runs when I'm training now. You know, it's that fight. It's that, you know, part of me is like, you can't do this. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? This is crazy. You know, my body's like, screw you. And then, the, and my head's like, no, girl, keep going. And it's more like, keep fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up. Just a little prison lingo to throw just, in there. <laughs> I mean, so it's just a little lingo. Like we all, when, when it gets down to the grind, we're using the F word and it's not just me. It's everybody. <laughs> it right? is everybody. It is everybody. It's not go girl. You can do this. No, it's like fucking go. <laughs> Totally. And fuck you, I don't look good, okay? You look great. Um, so you talk about long runs today. So a lot of people go through a program like that, and yeah, they might get something out of it or learn some new tools, but you're still running three years later. Yeah. I am, yes. So what are you training for now? Uh, I'm currently tra training for the Chicago Marathon that's in about a week and a half. Good luck, I'm out 22. <laughs> I'll just put a little F-bomb uh, soundtrack on for you, okay? Um, it's so awesome. I mean, this is what it's about, changing habits, making true life change. This was not a temporary thing. And yeah, you don't need to run marathons your whole life, but health has become a priority. My health is a priority. Uh, completing races in that capacity is a priority. Uh, I this is interesting, and I'm going to share this. I don't I don't share this with very many people, but I'm going to share it with you right now and the world and the world <laughs> to everybody listening. Uh, so, I I have. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what? So the two times that I have signed up for big races were because of traumatic events that happened in my life. So I went through significant breakups with people and instead of going out and using, getting high or drinking, I made a different choice and I signed up for a race. So the first time, you know, it, it was helpful for me to get all the way through that. The second time I did the same thing, uh, thinking, oh, I won't get in. I got in. <laughs> I got into the race. So I was like, oh God shit now i'm gonna have to train for it so the cool part about that is um instead of doing what i've always done which is go make bad choices oh this hurts this is painful i don't want to feel this right now i'm gonna go get messed up instead of doing that i'm gonna go sign up for a crazy race so so wait <laughs> is it just like trading addictions i wouldn't say that it's trading addictions because I'm not addicted to running. <laughs> there are some people that I know that, um, that are addicted to working out. Aren't the endorphins and the, yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, addicted to that. It's somehow tied into body image a little bit too. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am not one of those people. I, 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 uh, I would say like most people that I come in contact with, a lot of my runner friends, uh, this really resonates with, with many of them that I know. It's like a love-hate thing. It's a love-hate thing. And I've learned that that's how it is for most people. No one, you know, very few people that I come in contact with, they're like, oh yeah, I just love it and it's great and it's just roses and sunshine. No, this is hard. It's dirty. It's not cute. It's none of those things. Like, it's real hard. There's it, boogers and poop and yes, nastiness. Yes, and you don't look real cute. I mean, if you're wearing skirt sports, you're looking cuter than you normally would, but that's about all you got, girl. Shameless plug. Um, wow, yeah, it's true. So true. So, you know, I guess in some ways I'm super proud of the fact that... Um, and I think my dad would be too. Uh, you know, super proud of the fact that I make different choices today. I go sign up for crazy races instead of, you know, 
flipping out and going and hanging out in a bar. And so um, that's that's my coping mechanism. When things get really, really, really crazy or some of those high emotional moments, um, like, you know, anything that's that's emotional like that is hard. It's challenging, especially for someone with my kind of background. And I think anybody in general, any woman, struggles in those moments. But, um, you know, particularly for me, I have to manage those really, really well. So uh, what do you mean manage those, like those ups and downs? <clears throat> I've been almost clean and sober for almost eight years, Nicole, and it's- Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Freaking awesome. It's been such an interesting journey, and I'll share with you a a quick story um, that happened this past Christmas. I was um, at a family member's house and uh, went and got um, what I thought to be sparkling water out of the refrigerator, and it wasn't sparkling water. I took a drink, um, and here's how much of an alcoholic I am. So I take a first, I take a drink and realize it's not sparkling water. And my alcoholic brain clicked in that fast and said, take another drink quick because you can't, you aren't gonna be able to get away with this ever again. So guess what I did? I took another drink and then t- sat it down and threw it and had to throw it down the sink. That's how much of wow. like an alcoholic, like my brain quick, like clicked in that fast and was like, do it, do it now. Cause you can never get away with it again. Wow. But you didn't take the third drink. So there was like the devil and angel on your shoulder and the angel kicked in and was like, don't take the third drink, throw it away. I could imagine like the physical, your hand reaching for it going, don't throw it away, throw it away, don't throw it away. You know, there wasn't that it wasn't even like that quite. It was just you can get away with one more and you can't get away with anything else. Wow. It was it was terrifying and empowering at the same time. Terrifying in that I'm a straight up addict alcoholic eight years later. Wow. And empowering because I hold I can make the choice to walk away. Yes. I was healthy enough and I was healthy enough to say, No, I don't want that. That's not what does that doesn't line up with the choices I make today. I'm not gonna go down that road. I'm going down this road. I've done that many times over the last eight years, and it's choosing this road instead of this road has made all the difference. And in that moment, I chose this road instead of this road. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Well, on that note of, like, relapse, so, I mean, is that the closest you've come, or have you actually considered or has your body led you to uh, potentially relapsing for whatever reason over the past eight years? I wouldn't say it's a body thing. And so um, I feel really lucky and blessed that um, that conflict in my heart to use or drink is gone. However, when things get very emotional for me, again, when I go through something very traumatic, my dad dying, uh, a, a, a significant relationship breakup those types of things my daughter those are the three top things that I've had to learn to manage those those uh, emotions those are the only times where I have hit a point where I was holding on one time uh, specifically it was about a year and a half ago and um, it was a high, high emotional moment. And I remember sitting in my car and just crying. And, and because my head was telling me, go drink, go to the bar and drink. It was, I don't want to feel this way right now. I would give anything not to feel this way. And it's that old Kara saying, I know a way that'll make it all better. Follow me. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was that moment. And then the new Kara, which isn't very old, so new Kara's you know, just however many years old mm-hmm. and is like, no, don't do that. Um, it was that struggle of that moment. I made it through the night um, and went to my employer and said, I need help. I need therapy. I need, um, I advocated for myself. Um, and then I ended up uh, going to Dress for Success and saying um, they uh, had an opportunity for something called crisis intervention. And uh, I applied for that and was able to get healing therapy from an EMDR therapist who has helped me transform my life. So what is uh, ERMD? EMDR. EMDR. <laughs> Sorry. 
God. EMDR. Okay. It's, it's a type of therapy where uh, a therapist helps you reprocess traumatic moments in your life. What's that? Oh. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> It's your phone making what was that song <laughs> we are totally not cutting this part out you got to tell me what that ringtone was because these guys heard it <laughs> it's, it's just the vibrate on my phone. put that thing somewhere else instead of the table and i was really i thought that i had it on airplane mode and so i'm really Kara, just stick that vibrator somewhere else where it can be <laughs> okay um so uh okay continue <laughs> we were emdr okay is reprocessing Uh, and it is it's helpful for many people it was certainly helpful for me very very helpful for me and how does the therapy work though i don't get it uh so a a therapist helps you reprocess you bring up some of the got it the most traumatic moments in your life and you reprocess them until they no longer have that hold on you and so the theory there is um that once those things no longer have a hold on you you're you're in a more healthy position it's been life-changing for me because things that i used to talk about and i'll use my daughter as an example you know i couldn't have a conversation without you know bawling or feeling um all kinds of emotions about that and so that therapy helped me reprocess a lot of those. So, so now that I have a uh, healthier understanding and I can be healthier, you know, position in her life and in my own life in general. So I've done that with many aspects. When you live the lifestyle that I lived for as long as you, you as long as I did, I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of stuff I had to reprocess. I mean, how did you feel walking into those sessions though? Like I'm about to get the shit kicked out of me emotionally for a period of time. Like, did you dread it or did you look forward to them? Nicole, I was so grateful. You know, I had an opportunity to receive expensive therapy that I could never afford, uh, paid for by Dress for Success. And the sponsor of that was Bethany Frankel. You know, I've talked about her several times because she changed my life. Her uh, donation to Dress for Success, uh, Be Strong Crisis Initiative, changed my life dramatically. Well, that's uh, another actually topic that I want to talk about is support. And I want to talk about relationships with other people, healthy relationships with people who help you in your life, right? I can only imagine, this is an assumption, we've never talked about this on podcast or maybe ever, um, when you're in your world, your kind of self-centered world of using an addiction, I mean, were you using people or did you have any healthy relationships? Or were people using you? It went both ways. There were zero healthy relationships. When, you're, when I'm using in that capacity, I have no understanding of anything outside of myself. It's all about me. It's all wow. about my needs. And I, have no compre- I had no comprehension of anything outside of that. Wow, okay. So now the difference is I have learned there's always going to be hard times, Nicole. Shit's going to get really real. You know, it's gotten very real for me a handful of times since I've been out of prison. The difference is, is I'm unwilling. I'm unwilling to fail. I am advocating for myself until the absolute end. If I can't financially afford it, I'm gonna find somebody who can help me. I'm going to leverage every single relationship that I have with every, every all of my networks to succeed because that's how important this is. I've made it too far, I have fought too hard, and my message is too important to give up now. But it's not about for your own self-centered purposes that you, you know, you use the term like leverage my relationships, leverage, that makes it sound kind of usury. But I know you and that's not the intention here. It's about creating a network of people who you really care about and they really want to see you succeed. As well as helping others. So the women who have spoken to my life and support me, I have a tribe of women mentors, you know, women who speak into my life whom I trust. And there's not just one or two. There's a whole tribe of them that I hit up for for their opinions and I and for them to speak into my life. And then I in turn am able to do that do that for other women. Okay. This is a big topic and this can help people. 
how did you how did you create that network of mentors and guides what do you look for do you do you look for certain people or do they come to you how can women create these networks or people it doesn't have to be women only how can women who really need it create these networks nicole it started for me with the very first week that I was released from prison, I reached out to Dress for Success and realized that they had a, an or, a group called the Professional Women's Group and saw that as an opportunity to connect with new women. All of my associations from my previous life were negative and bad. I needed new people. So I started there. And through Dress for Success, uh, I was introduced to many other organizations. One of them was Running Start. So I continued to branch out and look for groups and people that I wanted to be like. I wanted to you know, learn how to run, and so I reached out to Running Start. And then from there, I was introduced to another run group that I run my long runs with on Saturday. Everything touches everything else that I do. It starts with stepping outside of your comfort zone, being willing to get a little bit vulnerable with people, because it's hard. It's hard to walk into a group of people who don't know me. It's easier today, but it was really hard, you know, four years ago and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a felon and I'm an ex-drug addict and I got <laughs> indicted by the feds and I don't have custody of my daughter and yeah, just wear it all on your sleeve. You Why know, not? all of these things mm -hmm. because these people from my viewpoint at the time lived completely normal lives. They weren't like me. They didn't want to be my friend. They wouldn't want to have anything to do with me because I was all of those labels I just told you. And I was wrong. I was wrong. All of those people didn't see me that way. That was my own head trash. That's what I've learned since then is that was my head trash. Everyone wanted to get to know me more. Everyone was excited about what I was doing. Everyone wanted to be a part of you know my life and it's been such an well, but, uh, are you okay yeah it makes me emotional <laughs> i know it makes me emotional to think about how i spent most of my life thinking these crazy thoughts that people didn't want to know me or be a part of my life because i was this or that i was a felon i was a drug addict I lost my daughter, and it's not true. We tell ourselves messages that are not accurate. And once I stepped outside of that uh, kind of comfort zone to realize something different and actually have conversations with people and realize they didn't care. They didn't care about my criminal history. They didn't care about those things. What they did care about was who I was as a person, what I was doing in the community, they cared that I was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> you are fun. <laughs> you don't have to be on drugs and drinking to be fun. It's so true. It's a great message. Um, I mean, this is all very, like, this, is, this touches everybody, not just people who've had low lows and problems in their lives. I mean, we all tell ourselves stories that suck sometimes, and they're about ourselves. We rarely tell ourselves stories about other people that suck. Right. It's ourselves. It's true. And we're the people we need to love the most are ourselves. It's true. And when you're trying to overcome that kind of background, it's super challenging. So I, I'm sure you remember the project that I did a few years ago called Restart Denver. Yes. How's it go? Are you still doing it? it you know, we are uh, in a different capacity. Uh, the, at the beginning of the year, the Bureau of Prisons reached out to me and said, we have a woman who's releasing to Denver, and she's releasing to the same halfway house that you went to, and she has no one. She has no support. She has no financial means. Um, can you not only you know, help her you know, when she releases with things that she's going to potentially need, but can you mentor this woman? And of course I said yes. And I fundraised, um, both me and my partner fundraised and got um, all kinds of things that she was gonna need when she got released. And she spent uh, six months in the, in the halfway house, and which is a super challenging time. And listening to her and some of the challenges that she was going through were the same ones that I went through. It's that negative head trash of no one wants to know me, uh, I don't have people, I'm very lonely, I'm never gonna make it through this. 
it was such validation for everything that I've been through that I can support her in that and say, hey, actually, I, I know the feelings and thoughts that you're having right now. I had the same thing, but this is where you can be, you know, if you continue to make these kinds of choices. And so it's been an awesome opportunity to speak into her life the same way that others have spoken into mine. And her situation, Nicole was super desperate, and I'd like to bring some awareness around what it's like to reenter society when you've been released from prison. I had my uh, dad who helped me get into my first apartment. I had saved all of my money, I made $11 an hour, and I still was short by $1,500 to move into an apartment. And I, it took me a month and a half to find an apartment that, he would, that would even rent to a felon. So once I finally found one, I didn't have all the money I needed. And if I would not have had the support of my dad, I, wouldn't, I would have been homeless. And that was the same, same situation for this young woman. She would have been homeless. And she didn't have family support. And this is how desperate her situation was. She found someone who would rent to her, but she didn't have the full amount of money and she needed $1,500 first and last month's rent to be able to get in somewhere. And so we were able to raise uh, the $1,500 that she needed through a GoFundMe. The awareness that I would like to raise around that is how $1,500 made the difference between a woman making it and not. She would have been homeless. It would have completely changed her trajectory. She has children. She has a job. She goes to work every day, but she didn't have the funds. It is a mission of mine to, to figure out how to <clears throat> you know, fix that. I don't know that I can fix it for everybody, but there has got to be a way for that not to be the case. There has to be a way to bridge that gap in service for women who don't have support, because that's the real truth. She's worth everything. Uh, she is an amazing human being, amazing human being. And the only thing that stood in the way was money. Not a lot of money, a little bit of money. <clears throat> It brought back a lot of emotions for me when I was working with her to raise that money because there's gotta be, there's gotta be a better way. And I don't have that answer yet, Nicole. I don't well, have that answer let's, yet. Let's ask our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you guys, I mean, you hear the passion here. You see what's going on. I mean, Kara Burns is like a transformation case in herself. You are Kara. But now you're looking to pay that forward and help other people transform. And you can't do it alone. So, hey, if anybody here has ideas, reach out to you, Kara. I mean, never hurts to hear, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, prison reform or even just normalizing, you know, what a felon looks like or breaking up some of those stereotypes yeah. is super important. Uh, considering employing someone who is a felon is really important you know giving opportunities if you rent if you rent to people rent to people and giving them an opportunity if they have a criminal history instead of just having a policy of no we don't hire felons or no we don't rent to felons right some flexibility around that would be really helpful yeah i think that's amazing too bad um you know i'm ready to hire you right now but i think you might have just gotten a new gig <laughs> <laughs> uh, i did just get a new gig i am extremely excited okay, about it this is called momentum this is called good things happen to people who freaking open their minds and their hearts this is you, Kara. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more what you can tell us about your pending job. Sure. Uh, I was asked by Dress for Success to speak at an event in April, a fundraising event in New York City. And it was one of the best moments of my life on that stage. It was nerve wracking, but it was such, it was the, one of the best moments of my life. And I was representing Dress for Success, and I was able to share with a room full of 800 people that evening. You're uh, an incredible speaker, by the way. I mean, you. incredible. Uh, we need to uh, we need to move that platform up for you as well. Well, you, I have. I'm learning from the best. I'm learning from the best. You are quite incredible. And I spoke that evening to this group of people about, you know, my journey with Dress for Success and how much they had 
changed my trajectory and my life. And a gentleman uh, came up to me afterward, and um, he was with a company called Equinox, and they are a, a fitness gym. And he said, hey, my, my name is Scott Rosen, and um, I, I really love what you just spoke about, and I, I would like to offer you a job. And my first thought was, wow, you know, that's super exciting, but I think you're a little crazy because we're in New York and I live in Colorado. And, and let's just say, is it Equinox or Equinox? It's Equinox. Because I say Equinox. Good, I was right. You were right. Um, Equinox is not just like a fitness gym, like one gym on the corner. No. No. Um, <laughs> they're kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes, they're extremely a big deal, and they're based out of New York. And they're doing amazing things. They are. They are. I can't. I'll st there's going to be more information about that to come. Stay tuned. Right, but right. They are, they're really doing some huge, huge things. And I thought at the mo that moment that uh, he was a little crazy. However, I came back to Denver and uh, continued on my way, and we uh, started to correspond. And he continued to follow up with me. And um, one thing led to another, and now uh, I am taking a full-time position with them uh, starting mid-October. And I am jazzed beyond, beyond belief because of their culture is amazing. What they're doing in communities is amazing, and I am honored to, uh, to be joining their group. Oh, I cannot wait to hear what it is that you're going to be doing to change the world on a bigger platform. Now, is this right before or after Chicago Marathon? So it's right after. Good, I <laughs> good, good. So the good. Chicago Marathon is on October 7th. I'm taking a week off to, uh, to hang out, and then I'll be starting yeah. with Equinox the week later. So what matters to you today? What matters most to me is authenticity and being genuine. I'm at a point right now where I have been trying to grow my Instagram and I'm very aware of content that I'm posting. I'm very aware of things I'm talking about. I'm very aware of what other people are posting. And more than anything, I wanna stay authentic and genuine to who I am. I'm messy, I'm dirty. When I, you know, when I speak on stage, it's choppy sometimes because I'm, because I'm, you know, when I take a microphone in my hand, I'm shaking from the adrenaline because I can't, you know, my body is just, it, it goes into that adrenaline mode. And I don't ever wanna lose that. I don't wanna ever become this, you know, super polished person because that's just not who I am. I'm Kara Burns and I'm raw and I'm, I'm, I represent something that is just super authentic and I value that. And so, you know, I'm very careful on, you know, on my Instagram account or my social media, what I'm posting, I always want to make sure that it stays true to that belief. And I always want to share things about my real life, specifically my daughter. Uh, if you have been, you know, connected with me on social media, you have seen lately that I have uh, started to have weekly visits with my daughter and I post about it and I'm raw about it and I'm honest about it because it doesn't do anybody any good for me to say oh I've I went through all this hard stuff and now my life is perfect look at me I'm perfect and I'm pretty all the time and things are great and I don't ever struggle and I don't ever you know sit in my car and 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 hold on white knuckle it because I, I want to go drink no the real deal is this, some days are real hard, real hard, and I'm barely hanging on. People need to know that eight years later. People need to know that, that that's the way it is because I can look at so many people's you know, social media and that's not necessarily the message that you get and that's just not accurate. It's not accurate. I wanna see and connect with people who are gonna tell me the real deal. 15 years, I've been clean and sober for 15 years, and it's not all roses and sunshine. That's what I wanna, I wanna connect with that person, not the person that's like, oh, I've got it all together. Okay, <laughs> you know, I don't, so that's what's most important to me is staying true to, to that, that belief system. Hey guys, let's all follow Kara Burns on Instagram and show her our real selves because <laughs> I think that is magic. That's magic. It is. That's when, when that's vulnerability. And you're not crafting a fake hard moment. 
because people probably do that too. You are just being you. That's what I love about you. (laughs) I think I might be your biggest fan. So we're coming up on the end of our podcast here. Are you living the life you want right now today? Nicole, I, in all the ways, in all the ways. Hashtag in all the ways. (laughs) Wait, that sounded kind of sexual too. (laughs) So weird. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I, I am. I, I never dreamed this would be my life and I just keep reaching and just keep going and things just keep getting better and better. Even now, it makes me more than emotional to think about where I started five years ago when I was released from federal prison. I am not the same person I was when I went to prison. I am more proud of everything that I have um, given back. The things that I have done for the people like me is what matters. Conversations with my daughter who tells me that she's proud of me, that's what matters because I never thought I would hear her say that. The connections that I have with people who are inspired by my story and understand whatever they're going through it can get better. Please don't lose hope. Everyone, everyone has someone who they know who struggles with addiction or alcoholism or has been in and out of rehab or did prison time. Everyone has a sister, a brother, a mother, an aunt, an uncle, you know, their child. Everyone. That resonates on such a significant level, and I didn't realize that until I was so outspoken about my life. And then people come up to me and share with me, oh, my sister, oh, my brother, you give me hope that it's possible. That hope that it's possible to recover, the hope that it's possible to live the life that you never could have dreamed of. People want to know that, and it's true, that message of hope. Please don't give up. Please don't give up hope on whomever that is in your life, that it seems like it's hopeless. Nicole, I was an IV drug user, indicted by the federal government. It didn't get much bleaker. I lost my daughter. I lost everything I owned, including my self-respect. I was not an honorable person back then. And in the last eight years, have built a completely new life and existence in, in person. It's possible. It's completely possible. When it seems hopeless, it's not. Look around you. Just tell people, you guys, look around you. There's a Kara Burns standing somewhere in the vicinity. It is possible. It's true. Well, let's leave our listeners with your one final nugget so they can run their worlds in a bigger and better way. (laughs) You've already given them about 100. You know, what I would leave everybody with today is... Keep fighting, keep fighting, just don't give up. You know, my, my Instagram handle is never quit trying with two, you know, never dot quit dot trying. Just someone had never quit trying without the dots. <laughs> it's so accurate, but it's true. You know, never quit trying, never quit trying to make it, never quit. I, with, and the reason why I chose that handle for me personally why it was so significant was I relapsed over and over and over and over again and it felt hopeless. Never quit trying because the next time you get closer and closer and closer to whatever that success looks like and you can utilize that in any aspect of your life. Uh, I have just never given up on racing, on connecting with people, on creating networks, on my relationship with my daughter, you know, on my professional, in my professional world, all of it, it applies to everything. Just keep on fighting, girl. I love it. Well, guess what? We've run our 5K today. (laughs) Now I'm going to put you in a sports bra on video. (laughs) Nicole DeBoom, it's just been an honor to share my story with you today again and be a part of what you're doing because you're changing lives. And it's just such an honor to, um, to have received your support over the years. And I can't tell you how meaningful that has been and what an important role model you have been in my life. So I thank you for that. Right back at you. All right, everyone, I'm back. 
Don't you just wish you could have watched that episode in person? Kara is truly as dynamic as she sounds. That conversation was 100% authentic, just like she said. There was huge laughter, as you heard. There were moments of sort of awkward silence where she was fighting to figure out what she wanted to say. You feel like you're in the room with her, even though, you know, it's just through the airwaves. And I believe that is the sign of someone who transcends. And that is, that is pure magic. Kara is so much more than her past. She is more than whatever she will do in the future. She's like an authentic, magical being who brings light and happiness to people. That's how I feel. All right, well, the the love fest is obviously full on for me and probably you too by now. So if you want to connect with Kara, hit her up on Instagram at never.quit.trying. Reach out to her for anything I know. Let's hit her up to mentor us. Seriously, if you need a mentor, hit her up. My gosh, turn the table. She's ready. How cool would it be to have a little Kara Burns in your life in that kind of way? All right, I'll leave you all on a big, huge high. What a great day. So let's get ourselves out there. Let's make Kara Burns proud and let's go run this world. Have a great workout and I'll see you next week.